Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. I am so excited to be speaking with fellow Ave alum and my friend Rachel Kalaki of Magdala Ministries. Going to be a really great conversation. Kind of warning if you are in the car with children, this might not be the episode to listen to in front of young children. We will be talking about pornography and its effects on people and specifically women in regards to what Magdalene Ministry does. So just a little warning before we start, but we're so grateful to have you here with us, Rachel. This episode and your voice in the noise of the world is so necessary. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I love just meeting people that went to Ave Maria because it's like a <laughs> it's like a mix of experience and, and life like outcome. You know, we all just like Ave Maria is such like a it's like the people that go there are so interesting. You would. Yes. A lot of people don't think that, but there's so many different kinds of people that go there and study different things and, you know, have different hopes and dreams and go off and do different amazing things. And so it's so awesome to know that you went to Ave and now you're doing such an important ministry, mm-hmm. but I would love to hear more about who you are and, you know, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm Rachel Clacky. I'm the executive director of Magdalene Ministries. I'm a wife to my husband, Tommy. Uh, we got married in 2021 and he went to Benedictine. So there was like some tension there. there. Between yeah, yeah. And <laughs> enemies. But, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So absolutely. And then we had our first child in September. So I'm a mom too, most importantly. But yeah, I graduated from Ave uh, undergrad several years ago in theology and then stayed for their master's program in theology too. So I'm a theology student and I've worked in ministry since and uh, founded Magdalene in 2021 as well. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Magdalene Ministries. Well, first off, let's backtrack just a little bit. Okay. When we're talking about things like pornography, right? Yeah. Usually when you hear things like pornography, you hear, in my mind, I hear mm, men's breakout conference topic. Oh yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like usually you'll be like, okay, well, this is going to be a talk for men and maybe like a little Exodus Exodus 90 thing, maybe like another program, which are all wonderful things that are very Mm -hmm. necessary, but there is not many things slash I don't believe anything besides you all that I've seen that are posed to women specifically in an encouraging way that kind of, you know, point to women and say, we know that you are experiencing maybe having hardships with things like masturbation, pornography, et cetera. And it's, it's not pointed. It's maybe like, oh, well, we know that maybe your partner or your boyfriend or whatever may yep. be struggling. And so here's how you can help him. So it's so interesting that your ministry specifically exists for women. And so yep. I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously, like you are a woman, so I'm sure that's a part of the inspiration. But where did the inspiration to start something like this, especially around such a, you know, it's such an isolating topic. It's yeah. not something that you typically walk up to people and say, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I have a ministry that like helps counsel women and, you know, have small groups and video chats and et cetera, you know, on their experiences with pornography and masturbation. Like, how do you how did how did you get inspired to do that? Yeah, I struggled with an addiction to pornography for five years in my teen years and early college. So I entered long term recovery as a sophomore in college, which praise God for that. But 
every time I looked for something, it was on betrayal trauma for women. So mm. women whose whose partners are struggling. And that actually just made me feel more isolated. I love mm. that there are betrayal trauma resources out there because it's, and you can be a porn addict who's also affected by betrayal trauma. It can be crazy. Yeah. But every resource I found was for men in my recovery. And growing up, I was kind of spoken to from only that lens when it mm. came to chastity. It's just like, men have this permission to struggle and they will, and this is inevitable, but women, you have to be the gatekeepers of human sexuality. And so I, I grew up with some harmful messages just kind of in the church at large. And I don't think that's what those people meant. I just mm -hmm. think it was the way it came across to my heart at the time. But yeah, so I, I just had a lot of harmful narratives and then just kind of emptiness when it came to positive narratives. And then I started feeling convicted to share my story kind of in the Ave sphere, actually, and in ministry. I was working for Young Life at the time, which is an ecumenical youth ministry. And I started sharing just in very small spaces as a junior. And then people started asking me like more and more to, to share at different events. And mm -hmm. every time about a third of my audience would of women would come up and ask, which is kind of on point because I think it is the statistic now is like 35% of porn addicts are women or mm -hmm. every one in three how some people put it. But then there's other stats that say 60% of women will admit to consuming porn on a monthly basis. Like there's just, there's a lot of, of stats and studies out there, but not too many female specific ones. So when I would be approached, I would give whatever one-on-one -on -one conversational help I could, but then I just felt very convicted. I was washing dishes at my nanny job one day. Mm. I was like, I have to start a support group. I have to start something. And over and over, it was like this feeling of being too small. And I am, and everybody is, but it, it it just kind of came into place. I had to fight to get some things in order, but yeah, I just started a small group. I wrote our first, the first edition of Magdala's curriculum as a senior for that small group on campus. And I kind of left the topic behind for a couple of years to go to grad school, to do diocesan ministry work. And then the opportunity came in 2021 to launch it to a larger platform because the the call really hadn't left and it just kind of stayed dormant for a little sure. while for some other goals. And then, yeah, I was invited to to begin something. And so we just took what we had, that experience of, of small group support. My co-founder, Mary Jo, and I just launched to a, a virtual platform. So we started offering our small groups virtually. We started partnering with college campuses to help them facilitate groups. We're currently partnered with 10 college campuses. So it's, I think, four more on board for the fall. That's and then awesome. We serve, I think we serve currently over 500 women in our virtual groups, but they're kind of, it's turnover because mm. the groups last 10 months. So it, it, it has taken on a life of its own. The demand was there. It was off it was it was hidden, but the demand was there. So mm. yeah, I've been continually inspired by the need for it. And we I just feel like we've responded basically. And I feel like I haven't created much. I feel like it's just been just been a response of just like open empty hands and being like, all right, Lord, <laughs> use my hands if you want. I don't have yeah. much in them, but go for it. And like God, it's what been do you really want? beautiful. Yeah. Wow. It's it's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. And I mean and truly like responding to something that so many people, you know, would see the topic itself doesn't really deserve conversation yeah. perceptively, right? It yes. seems like the topic itself doesn't deserve conversation, especially in feminine places, right? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we're soft, like, you know, we're soft, we're light, we're 
we're not really experiencing those issues outside yeah. of being betrayed by betrayed by our partners or etc. Yeah. So sexual addiction sexual addiction isn't something that really affects us in that way that we seek it for like pleasure or because right. we are going through a particular trauma and we're trying to experience being present in our own bodies. And so there's yeah. so many things, so many reasons why women would turn to something like pornography and masturbation. So it's like, it's oh, so, it's, I love what you said that you didn't create something. You just kind of said, okay, here we go. I'm and here, here yeah. and I am here. And it's a beautiful thing as a woman that you can say like I didn't create I just was receptive to those yeah. that needed me and it's like wow that is such a testament to the beauty of the feminine heart of like I didn't make I just I was here and I was ready yeah. to receive people because you're receiving like, like human beings that are trusting you with something very vulnerable to them so that's beautiful then I'm, I'm wondering in your ministry I'm curious what is, I mean, obviously providing a space for women to be able to share and be in communion with one another when, as they're sharing such vulnerable things and they process, mm -hmm. but what is, you know, your hope for this ministry and kind of what do you see on a, on a broader scale of what women are experiencing? Like what are the needs and then yeah. what are your hopes? What are the needs that you've seen? Well, I think We've seen a need for, we have kind of like a few goals and, and how we do our ministry. I saw that women, women's needs went beyond just content because mm. we have a blog, we have a podcast, I speak, I write, you know, like we, we try to address this from a narrative standpoint of changing the narrative within the church that women can't struggle with sexual sin and addiction, mm. just giving women permission to admit that they're struggling. But I saw that women needed something beyond content. And actually like content, like if you're just consuming too much content, you can think that that's helping you and it can just keep you entrenched. Like I was like, women need more than something on Instagram. <laughs> they need, mm. they need community. They need accompaniment because that actually answers their shame. And because that's the real battle, I feel like for everyone struggling with an addiction of any kind, but especially sexual addiction carries such a level of shame with it. And women experience even more shame because of the isolation and because of the counter narrative. So mm. Being face to face with other women, even if it's virtual, led by we train our moderators, our small group moderators, and they're they're very yeah well prepared to lead. We hope we try, <laughs> and they have their the curriculum guiding them. We have a seventeen session curriculum that guides you through examining childhood wounds, examining triggers, reorienting your desire, blessing your desire, like seeing it as good, seeing your sexuality mm. and your body as good. We go through body image dissatisfaction, like all sorts of different unique needs of women in recovery. But something about working through that face-to-face -face with other women and hearing other women like say, me too, and seeing them nod when you say something, that just dismantles women's shame. I've had I've had women step into small group or log in on a virtual small group and just start crying, like because they just see other women finally with them. Wow. That is that is so beautiful. Oh my goodness. And Having so many women share with you all, I'm sure that you, you know, you've heard the yeah. the gamut of experiences and there's no one experience like another. And I'm curious, you know, for uh, you all, because there's probably a lot of people that are saying, you know, I might have a dear friend or m me myself, like I might be experiencing a sexual addiction and 
how can you support someone that's experiencing that as a friend or as a relative, as someone that wants to like love on someone else? Because I wonder if there's a way, I don't know if there's a way to enter into that person's experience, if that's not something that you're doing. Um, But how do you, how are you present to someone that's going through sexual addiction is looking to, you know, find community and, or be understood in a particular way? That's a good question. I think I'm continually inspired and I I speak with my team about this. There's a book called The Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nowen. That is really, yeah, really worth reading if you haven't. I'm glad you have. But I'm just really inspired by his conclusion of we're all meant to become the father in the prodigal son story. We're all meant to be consumed by that kind of charity. And when I think oh, about I what that book. a woman struggling with sexual addiction needs, it is somebody to run out to the road and meet them. And so anything you can do to make them feel embraced, loved, seen, known, mm. filled with hope, <laughs> whatever. But that line of everything that I have is yours. And because I think when you're when you're struggling as a woman with sexual mm. addiction, like because of the counter narrative, because of the shame, because of all of it, like you're, you feel like such an enigma and such a monster sometimes. Like you feel mm. like, and I, I don't say that lightly, like you feel really on the outside and so isolated that hearing from somebody, especially somebody whose faith you admire, somebody whose virtue you admire, like everything I have is yours. Like the same God who loves me loves you you belong to him as much as i do we're on this journey together i'm here to help you like tell me how to help you (laughs) recommending resources that you know are trustworthy but just not making them feel like they're out of Mm. the the realm of god's love because that's how it can feel when we're entrenched in any habitual sin but i know that i i had friends who extended that hand to me and i've had the honor of extending that hand to other women and i there's, there's nothing more beautiful than that but also tap into the maternal heart. Mm. Like if you're a woman, tap into that maternity, that spiritual maternity of just like wanting to nurture the life of God within someone. Help your friends and loved mm. ones focus on that of like your life is not consumed by sexual addiction. It can feel like that. It really can. And it can inherently like be destructive to your life. But you are a person. You are endowed with the dignity of your creator. And the redemption that he offers you, like he gave his life for you. So yeah, just instill that, nurture the life of God within them more than you help them focus on overcoming addiction. Because we say all the time within Magdala, like it's about intimacy, not sobriety. So we want to help Mm. women restore their capacity for true intimacy with God themselves and other people. And I think encouraging people towards that rather than this white knuckling sobriety is huge because sobriety is fickle. It's like a very difficult journey. It's not linear, but intimacy with God can last forever and it carries you into eternity. So building that up within the people, you know, that's huge. So pray with your friends who are struggling, pray for them, make sure they're still receiving the sacraments, particularly the sacrament of reconciliation. It's so healing and so scary, but so good. If they need a confession buddy, like march marched over to confession with them and help them prepare and be with them in that experience as much as you can. Obviously, you can't go into the confessional with them, but just just walk with them. Like, and don't be afraid of conversations about it, but also don't let the conversation consume you. Offer to be an accountability partner if that's a need they have. That can be huge. So, yeah, but most of all, just cultivate the life of God within them, cultivate that intimacy with them. And I think that. 
that's more restorative than any program or any system. There's no silver bullet. Only God can like truly do that, that deep healing work. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, Rachel, you are, you. you are a gift and so is your team and your ministry. And it's been such a blessing to be able to, I wish we had <laughs> Me too. like an hour and I would just have, I would, I would just be like, man, you should just record your talk. Like for a <laughs> podcast episode, you should just record, you should just talk for like an hour. But no, I, I really appreciate it. And I think this episode is really important. And I hope that, you know, women that are listening feel empowered and encouraged. And if you're someone that's struggling with a sexual addiction, you know, just know that you are not alone in your experience. And, and if there is a ministry that can help you, Magdala is a ministry that can definitely help you. And I love your, um, your bit about really encouraging people to have an intimacy with God, because that's everlasting, because it can be really scary. And you can feel like, you're not yes. truly loved. And so if that is something that you're experiencing, know that you should reject that lie, whether you're driving to work right now or you're folding your laundry or whatever. And so we, we're really grateful that you're here. So at the end of all of our episodes, we ask each guest about something mm-hmm. that gives them hope. It can be something that has happened that um, gave you hope or something that you're looking forward to that you're hopeful for. If you need some time, I can go first or you can go. How are you feeling? You are welcome to go first. I would love to hear (laughs) what you're hopeful about. Okay. Let me see. Okay. So I'll give you time to prepare yourself. Okay. So something that has given me hope, I live very close to my goddaughter. She's four and her little sister is two and they are just getting really big which is super sad. And Noelle is a four-year-old and she is just like so smart and sensitive. And I used to, when I, when I was younger and I heard parents say like, oh, my child is so sensitive and inquisitive. And I would be like, (laughs) okay, whatever, because it's a baby. So how can they be that way? But she really is. And we were talking just about like, um, or her and her mom, wow, her mom and me, Okay. We're talking about, sometimes I'm like, what am I saying? Her mom and me were talking about, which I I hope that she's okay with me sharing this, but it was so sweet. She was praying with her and Noelle was asking God if God wants her to be a mommy or a nun. And she was so like, she was like, I really want to be a mommy. Like that's something that I really want to do. And Jasmine was like, well, why don't we ask God? Like, why don't we pray? And you can ask God. And so they prayed. And, you know, Noelle was like, I don't really know if I don't know what he's saying. And she was like, well, why don't we just, why don't we relax and just ask God and pray? And so she said, wow, like I heard it. Like I heard God in my heart and he wants me to be a mommy. Like he said it in my heart. And my friend was like, wow, like that's so good. You know, that's great. And, but it's just like so hopeful to know that like she has a relationship with God that I want. Like she has such like, oh, I heard it. Like he said that and he wants me to be a mommy and I want to be a mommy. And I love, like, I totally heard what he said. I love him. I believe in him. I trust him. And that sounds good. And so like full send into just being someone that is just Mm -hmm. a child of God. And I am hopeful that that is a relationship with God that I can have. Hopefully one day, you know, because as you get older, you just get like jaded and sad. So it was just so beautiful. And I've been really carrying that with me over the past couple of weeks. I just love the little people's like little hearts and brains. They're just so sweet. And 
Yeah. Simplicity. And it's like, everything is black and white. She's like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like God, like God told me no problem. God told me he wants me to be a mommy and he wants me to also eat unicorn cookies and listen to puppy pals like all day. So, you know, so it's like perfect, perfect. no problem. So and that is definitely mine. So uh, how about you? I love that. I am hopeful for next weekend. I've been, I've been working for Magdala for two years, not counting my college ministry mm-hmm. work, but I launched, like I, or I leaped into it full time in January and we've been fundraising and all sorts of stuff. And we just brought my team members, like all of us went from volunteer to staff. And next weekend is oh, the first nice. time we're all going to be together in person because we're a remote team. So wow. I know all of them, but I, I know I've, I've been in person with two of them, not the third, but we have never, the entire Magdala leadership team has never been together in person. So we're going on retreat together next weekend which i am just so hopeful for i love my team there's so many different gifts and personalities we're all very choleric women in temperament so we're all very like kind of go-getter bold like can can be bulldozing and a little harsh if you know we're not being virtuous but Mm -hmm. we're all very (laughs) honest and direct with each other which i love i love that we have kind of that capability with one another but yeah, we just get to have a weekend of praying together, eating good food, dance parties, taking team photos. Oh. Like we're just, we're so excited and hopeful for that weekend of just kind of praying together and hearing like maybe some of God's dreams for us for the future and getting to know one another better and just really bonding as a team. Mm. But I think as the leader, I just, yeah, it feels like, like I have like my kids like all coming. I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah, I'm just so excited. Thank God. Um, yeah. And these women have just blessed me so much, like personally and professionally, just I've been so inspired by their faith, and their their zeal, their dedication, their bravery and putting mm. their faces out there, their stories out there. And I've just been so uplifted by that mm. and just in awe of them and the way God uses them. And so I'm super hopeful that it's just going to be a really good weekend and a good time for all of us. So keep us in your prayers. Pray for the Magdala team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. where can we find more information on what you all are doing? Yeah, we're a social media free organization. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to find us on social media. So if you want to know more about us, just visit org. That's where if you are a woman who's 18 and up and in need of accompaniment in your journey of recovery or healing from sexual addiction or sin. And I'd a quick note on that, like most of us have had some sexually harmful experiences. So if you're questioning whether or not you're welcome with us, you are <laughs> always, whatever your experiences are. So that's where you can sign up to join a group. That's where you can donate and support us that way. That's where you can read our content and pass that along, find our podcast, where you can sign up to be a small group moderator. If you want to journey with women as a small group leader, Everything's there at our website. And then my book is coming out through Ave Press. So if you want to know more of kind of just if you want to dive into one woman's story, my book's coming out in May. It's called Love and Recovery. And you can hear more about the founding of our organization there too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being with us. And thank you for sharing everything in your heart. And I hope that this episode blesses people that are listening. So thank you so much. Thank you. Of course. God bless.
Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much to Rachel for being our guest today. Make sure to check out more about Magdala Ministries. They are a social media free organization. So they're at magdalaministries.org. We'll make sure to put that in our show notes so y'all can check that out. Also, Rachel's book, which will be coming out with Ave Maria Press. What a gift. Thank you so much to Rachel for being our guest. I mean, it was seriously so amazing and we're so grateful for everything that you're doing for women. And hopefully this conversation does not end here. I hope that this episode was helpful and know that if you are struggling with sexual addiction, that there is a community for you and there is hope for you and you are deeply, deeply loved. So I'm looking forward to talking with y'all in our next episode. In the meantime, please pray for me. I'll be praying for you. God bless. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.